Hi, do you share your life with a dog who is very sensitive or triggered by other dogs, by adults, children that they meet, by squirrels, foxes, cats, kangaroos, whatever it might be? And do you wonder about your role in their anxiety? So do you get triggered when they get triggered as well? If so, I think this episode is for you. See you in there. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi everybody and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. Today we are going to be talking about dogs that are triggered by the environment. So there's lots of labels for these kinds of dogs. So you might say you have a reactive dog or maybe an aggressive dog, a dog that exhibits aggressive behaviour, a dog that's easily triggered, all these kinds of labels. And the labels in themselves can be problematic. That's probably a much bigger, <laughs> different conversation from the one we're going to have today. But it's 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 for sure that whenever we feel labelled as people, that can make us feel a certain kind of way, either good or bad. And when our dogs are labelled, it can make us feel a certain kind of way, good or bad too. Labels also kind of influence the way that we think about things and the way that we treat situations or different animals or people as well. I said I wasn't going to talk about labels but here I go anyway. (laughs) Let's park that for now. So today we're talking about dogs that are triggered by the environment and there are lots of examples of this. So you might have a dog that is triggered by seeing another dog when you're out and about or in your house. It could be a dog that's triggered by seeing other creatures, cats, foxes, reindeer, birds, kangaroos, depending on where you live in the world. Maybe your dog is triggered by strangers and it could be adults, it could be children, it could be strangers that appear suddenly and that can be a whole category in its own. So I'm fine with things when I've got some warning but when they just pop up out of nowhere that's really triggering for your dog. It could be certain sounds, it could be certain scents, there's all kinds of different things. For the purpose of today though we're going to take probably the example that I hear about the most and that is the dog that is triggered by the sight of another dog and specifically when they're on the lead or the leash so they're walking along on the lead with mum or dad they see a dog on the other side of the road or the park or the trail and that triggers an anxiety response and then our dogs behave in a certain way which usually looks like barking lunging maybe growling snarling trying to get to the other dog or trying to get away from that other dog one of the two so our most listened episode ever on letters from your dog is episode number nine so it's one of our first ones and it's called anxiety in the four f's don't ask your reactive dog to sit and as soon as that episode dropped it completely blew up (laughs) and to this day we get downloads every single week of that episode more so than any other because I think it is a topic that is close to so many people's hearts because if you are living or you have lived with a dog 
that struggles with what's usually termed as reactivity to other dogs. It's hard work. (laughs) This is not a fun thing. This is not an easy ride. This causes stress. This causes anxiety. This causes you to make changes to your life, changes to your dog's life. This competes with all the ideas and all the wonderful dreams you had for these long, wonderful, peaceful strolls with your new dog suddenly become militarily planned operations where we have to scan our environment constantly checking for what might be appearing using management using training and chances are you've spent a lot of time researching trying to find the best solution that fits for you and your dog you've probably tried a bunch of things some of them probably haven't worked (laughs) and hopefully you are in a place now where you found something that is starting to work but if not there is hope I can assure you I have worked with probably thousands of dogs by this point with this specific problem and it is resolvable it does just take a little bit of time and patience but the reason I wanted to do this specific episode today was because well for two reasons the first one is you guys you blame yourselves (laughs) and I am not okay with that so So many times people have come to me and said, okay, I've got a dog. And as I said, I'm going to use the example of dogs that bark at other dogs today. But this could be applicable to anything your dog is triggered by. So don't switch off just because we're talking about that. This could be any trigger. Okay, so people come to me and they say, oh, my dog's really reactive to dogs when we're out on a walk. And I know it's me it's me I know it's me I see another dog and I'm anticipating my dog barking so I tighten the lead up and I get anxious and I start looking for my escape route I know that my anxiety is passing down the lead towards my dog but I don't know what to do I don't know how to stop that from happening so that's one thing you're all out there blaming yourselves for first thing The second thing is so-called professionals are all out there blaming you too. So whether that is a trainer that you have seen face to face, whether that is someone that you have worked with online or that you follow online, maybe it's a TV show that you've seen and maybe it's the person down the park that gives you their advice, even though you never really asked for it or wanted it in the first place. There's a lot of blame that gets put on pet parents and guardians. It's a lot of, well, you're tightening up the lead. You're not showing your dog who's in control and who's leading which is a load of nonsense anyway but that's another story (laughs) you're not you're not handling this situation as you should be doing you're not you're not you're not you're not and even if you are the most confident most strong-willed person in the world if you hear that a bunch of times from a bunch of different places you start to believe it and you start to think, oh gosh, yeah, I didn't handle that very well. Ooh, I need a better plan in place, but don't really know what to do. Yeah, I am tightening and I am winding that lead around my hand when I see another dog. But it's because I don't want my dog lunging across the street at them. I don't want him to pull me over. I don't want him to look aggressive and look scary and all these things. So it's a natural reaction. And let me tell you now, it is not your fault say it one more time (laughs) for the people in the back it is not your fault it's not your fault that your dog is triggered by other dogs to start with it's not your fault that they are triggered by other dogs now and your role in their anxiety is not your fault either because I'm not discounting that yes our emotions can also help our dog to feel more or less stressed that's true we can't get away from that it still doesn't mean that it's your fault So if you have been feeling like that, please keep listening because we're going to talk about 
why that happens next. Okay, so the title of this episode is Who's More Triggered, You or the Dog? (laughs) And let me just talk about the dog to start with. So when you have got a dog that is triggered by other dogs when they see them on the lead, okay, so walking down the street, la 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 la, having a nice walk and then I see a dog on the other side, oh whoa. What's happening here is something that I call N-A-B-C. So it's a negative automatic behavioral chain. Got that? So negative automatic behavioral chain. So what's happening is your dog is having a conditioned emotional response. So they have learned at some point that when they saw a dog on the other side of the road, it made them feel a bit worried. There was something about that situation that freaked them out. And there are other reasons why dogs will bark and and lunge in excitement, but we're just thinking specifically about anxiety today, okay? So at some point, it freaked your dog out a little bit, and that caused them to have an emotion, (laughs) so fear, anxiety, worry, and then they then will have searched in their repertoire for something that helped them to cope with that emotion, to feel better. So in a human example, if someone tells you off and it feels very unjust (laughs) you know if you're like I'll give you an example of them if you're in the supermarket and um, you accidentally cut the queue or something you didn't see someone was waiting and you go in front of someone and they say oh excuse me I was in the queue here and you say oh I'm really sorry hopefully didn't mean it and then instead of just going okay they say you really shouldn't cut in front you know it's really very rude and talk to you like you're about five years old and you think hang on a minute (laughs) this isn't very fair um that's the kind of that's the kind of situation where you have a negative automatic response so you go oh that's that's annoyed me that's made me irritated it's not conscious you're not thinking i'm going to be annoyed now it happens because of the trigger that's in front of you now with dogs if they find something that helps them to cope with that situation like barking like lunging then chances are they're going to continue to do that every time they're presented with that trigger every time they're in that situation so it's either they're doing something to help themselves to cope like barking or they are trying to get distance away from that trigger so trying to pull away trying to pull out of their harness all these kinds of things it looks a little bit different for every dog but it's negative so it's a negative emotion and it's automatic so this is not a thought out process you're not your dog is not thinking oh there's a dog oh maybe I will get on my hind legs and bark at this dog no they're thinking there's a dog oh no there's a dog ah what do I do woof 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 And that's where the behavior comes in. So the behavior might be barking and lunging, for example. And it's chain. So the last letter is C, chain. It's a chain that happens and it starts to happen every single time because the dog is getting the exact same emotional response when they see the exact trigger that that worries them. And they're having the exact same behavioral response, barking and lunging in the exact same chain. And this is why these kinds of things get worse over time because the dog practices having that negative emotional response and the chain that follows it 
So that's why people say, oh, you know, it started with just little fluffy dogs and all of a sudden it's now big fluffy dogs and it's dogs that aren't fluffy and it started off with dogs that were brown and speckled and now it's white dogs and now it's orange dogs and you're thinking, yeah, (laughs) what's going on here? Well, it is simply because the dog is starting to generalise that fear out into any dog I see that's attached to a lead. That's now suddenly scary to me. So that's what's happening with your dog. They're having a negative automatic behavioural chain. The thing is, so are you. (laughs) So whereas the first time it happened, you maybe were a bit surprised. You thought, that's a bit weird. That's a bit out of character. He's never done that before. You probably didn't really have a massive emotional reaction, depending on the situation. You might have just been a bit embarrassed and kind of gone, shush, shush, don't do that, and maybe carried on walking. Thing is, if that starts to happen once a week, once a day, every walk, every time we see a dog on a walk, every time we see a dog and a cat on a walk, and it just gets more and more frequent, you are having that exact same chain as your dog. So what starts to happen? Your dog's trigger becomes your trigger. So you are anticipating, just like your dog is, that something bad is going to happen. So you're both stepping out of the front door dog's on high alert is there going to be a dog you're on high alert is there going to be a dog will I have time to turn around or we're coming around a corner now is there someone coming can I cross the road can I hide behind that car oh that person's talked to me I wish they'd stop talking to me I need to get my dog's attention etc 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 so their triggers become your triggers their anxiety becomes your anxiety and then we sit there and we think why is my training not working? (laughs) It makes sense, right? Of course it's not working. We can't learn when we are in a state of high arousal. It's, It's just impossible. If you think of any time where you've been really stressed out, you can't learn. And if you can't learn, you certainly can't teach. And that's what you're trying to do with your dog. So your dog's the learner, I guess, in this scenario, although you are as well. But you're the one that's trying to reassure them, to support them, to teach them. Actually, when we see a trigger, we do this instead of barking and lunging but you can't teach because you're stressed (laughs) so that's why so often people will come and say oh my gosh I've tried this technique I've tried that technique nothing works for this dog it's nothing to do with the training techniques it's everything to do with the emotional response that you are both having so I want to think a little bit now about just one simple thing that you can do to help because it's like, okay, great, Holly, I get it. But now what do I do? (laughs) If it's a negative automatic response, how do I change it? Well, you can change it. It's about having awareness. And whereas your dog is less likely to have awareness unless you support them to, we're able to be aware. So now you know, now you're like, oh yeah, okay, I can see that's what's happening with me and my dog. So now you've got that awareness, you're going to just give yourself a second. (laughs) So we're going to do something which is called a trigger warning. Um, And this is something that we talk about in Canine Connection, which is my monthly training membership. And if you think about, so say you're watching TV of an evening and you will all have heard these trigger warnings so that the news presenter will say something like, um, some viewers might find the, the next news piece disturbing or there's flashing images in the next news piece or you might find the contents of this, this TV show or this film upsetting. It's got these themes, for example. 
So what's happening there is they are giving you a trigger warning. They're saying, if this kind of thing upsets you, you don't have to watch it. I'm letting you know. And this can be really helpful with our dogs. So this isn't for use when something happens suddenly because you have no warning time. But if you are walking along and you spot the dog first, so you are taller, obviously, than your dog. Maybe your dog's low to the ground. They've got their nose on a scent and you see a dog coming the other way. Actually saying to your dog in sentences, oh, we've got a dog coming just here. There's a dog just coming along. It gives you both a second to think, to process, to decide what your plan of action is. Because when you don't have that moment of pause, that's when we panic. We go, what is I'm supposed to be doing? What's my training right now? But instead, if we can say to ourselves and to our dog, oh, we've got a dog just coming along right now. Then we have a second to go, okay, so when a dog comes, this is the technique that I'm employing. And there's many. So whatever it is you're doing, you pick the one that you're using and you go for it. But it's so nice to allow yourself that piece of processing time. And if that trigger is super close, make use of the environment to help you to give you that processing time. So if you need to duck behind a car, tuck yourself behind a tree or a wall or something like that to give yourself that processing time by all means do that there is no shame in that but just see if you can start to add some trigger warnings in over time your dog is going to understand oh I know that means a dog is coming but so long as you follow up with the technique that you're using and I'd recommend working with the trainer on this because it is a stressful thing and you do want to make sure you've got your timing right and all these bits and pieces but so long as you follow up with your right bit of training it should give you and your dog just that little pause and a little bit of processing time so that you can then move on positively together. Okay, so I do feel really passionately about this topic. It's something that I went through with one of my dogs for about a year and a half and it was hard work and I was definitely triggered just as much as he was. So if you do know someone who is struggling with this at the moment, please do share this episode with them if you think it would be helpful, just so people don't feel so alone with this topic because I hate the thought of people being out there struggling with this on their own. So do please share it if you think it would be helpful for someone. And if you are someone that needs help with this and you think that you would like to work with me, please do reach out to us. We do take on reactivity or sensitivity cases, dogs that are easily triggered. So just pop along to www.pauseupdogs.com and you can see all the available bits and bobs that we've got that can help you. And we'll pop that in the show notes as well. Okay, everybody, I hope that was useful. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you need some more support with your training, we've got a couple of options available to you. They're both in the show notes. The first one, you can join our waiting list for Canine Connection, which is our amazing online dog training membership. Or secondly, if you'd like some more immediate support, go to www.pauseupdogs.com where you can see all of the options that we have available to you for digital support, face-to-face support and more. Take care.